listeners, welcome to the BB Podcast. My name is Georgia and as always, I am your host. This podcast is brought to you by Balanced Ballerinas Academy, my in-person adult ballet classes and online courses. And if you're interested in joining the BB community in person or online, you can book a discovery call via balanceballerinas.com slash contact to see if you're a good fit for my classes or courses. I have some very exciting new courses dropping soon. So make sure you keep an eye out for those. I love sending out my Friday newsletter. Um, I like to call it like a love letter. And so if you don't receive those, jump on balanceballerinas.com and go to the email sign up. Or if you're on Instagram, just click the link in my bio and it'll take you to sign up for my newsletter where you won't miss a beat. So I love having these calls with people because they're just a fabulous opportunity for me to connect with members of the BB community. And I genuinely love hearing all about your ballet and lifestyle related goals and helping them come to fruition. At the end of the day, we're all striving for that balance between grit and grace in our lives. And it is my specialty, helping people weave the magic of ballet practice into their daily lives. So like I said, balanceballerinas.com slash contact and book in a chat with me if you are interested in taking one of my courses or in-person classes. Now, for those that are new around here, I am a qualified ballet teacher and studio owner and my studio is based on the Gold Coast here in Australia. I've been teaching adults and younger students for over a decade now, which is crazy. And today's episode is actually all about ballet and business. So I've been asked to do this episode for quite a while now. And it just so happens that I was able to convince my business partner, aka mum, that I talk about all the time on the podcast, to come on and have this chat with me. My sister will also be joining us. She is playing the interviewer. And um, I have selected a few of your questions that came through on a little Ask Me Anything on Instagram in relation to ballet and business. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. It's a little bit chaotic at times. It's a little bit wild. We've got our dog Daisy sort of tiptoeing around the boardroom floor during the conversation. Mum disappears to grab a snack at one point. She was also very nervous. So make sure if you're enjoying this episode whilst you're listening, jump on the latest tile on my Instagram at The Balance Ballerina. Leave a little comment for Shaz, Sharon, (laughs) aka mum, and let her know you were listening and that you loved it. As always, leave a five-star review to help keep the BB podcast going. And it also keeps me inspired to bring you conversations to fulfill your love of ballet. Enjoy. Do you want to wear them? No, I don't want to wear them. It's just stressing me. No, I'm fine. I'm I'm a fly on the wall here. I'm recording, by the way. I'm an interviewer on the wall. I'm recording, by the way. Okay, of course you are. So Sophie's arguing with me already because she wants to wear the headphones so she can hear. Yeah, because that's usually my job. (laughs) (laughs) What is your job, Soph? So people know. Um, I am a producer. I produce three radio shows in the UK. So I'm usually the one wearing the headphones, organising the microphones, doing the notes. So I feel very blind walking in right now. <laughs> and that's why she wants to wear the headphones. And I'm here to help. I'm here to... But it's my podcast. I'm the boss. So okay, whatever. I'm wearing the headphones. <laughs> so in case you haven't already worked it out, I am here with my sister today. I'm also here with my mum. It's her second appearance on the podcast. I was listening back to our previous episode, Mum, and that was May 2019. It was episode number 16 
Can you believe I'm almost up to episode 100? Oh, you want me to talk? <laughs> That's how a podcast works. Um, no, I can't believe it. Um, oh, the microphone's so close. Can we start again? No. It's too close. It's supposed to be casual. Oh. It's fine. No, just give mum the... I've only got two microphones so everyone knows. So when we do... When mum answers, do you want to just give her the microphone so she can just hold it? There you go. Is that better, mum? Yes. Okay. Um... So when we did our last episode, I actually wanted to note, last time we did this, you were really reluctant. You came over to my house to do it and you'd actually just dropped Sophie off to the airport. Do you remember that? No, I don't. I do. You'd just dropped Sophie off to the airport. I'd booked you in to come over and schedule the podcast and record for Mother's Day. It was a Mother's Day episode. And you were so grumpy with me because you were like, I'm so sad. I just want to go home. And so I can actually hear, I can, but listeners probably wouldn't have been able to hear. Like your tone of voice was just a bit slightly melancholic. So. Sorry. (laughs) So it's all your fault, Sophie. Yes, listeners, don't let your daughter fall in love with somebody that lives overseas. It's quite difficult. That's the moral of that story. But anyway, welcome, um, sister and mother. My sister's name is Sophie. For those um, that listen to the podcast, you're pretty famous, mum. Everyone always says, oh, your mum's Sharon. Because I talk about you all the time, as you know. Because you are my number one listener, I reckon. You listen to all the episodes. I do listen. I try to keep um, up to date with them all. <laughs> um so today I've always been asked to do like a ballet and business ask me anything type of episode the problem is that you're my business partner you're half the business so that's why I really wanted to bring you on the show and also I would love to say that I organized this but I didn't it's international women's day today so this is being recorded the day before it goes out usually I'm a bit more organized and I've already recorded the episodes well in advance of them coming out but just so happens that we're recording the day before it comes out it's international women's day so I just want to say a big happy international women's day to all the balanced ballerines community which is predominantly made up of women um so I think it's a special episode are we ready to go we are now that we're all settled (laughs) yeah Okay, Sophie's going to act as a bit of a um, chairman and what I did was I did a little call out of questions from the BB community and I'm really sorry, I actually forgot to write down who the questions were from, so my apologies, I did want to give you a shout out, but I've jumbled them all up to put them in some kind of um, order that makes a little bit more sense. So let's begin. The interviewer becomes the interviewee, you guys ready? Sure am. (laughs) Okay. Question number one from the BB community is, what do you love most about your job? Oh, me first. Um, Well, I probably said earlier on um, in our very early days of the studio working with the children, uh, I've always loved little people and that hasn't changed. In fact, it's even stronger. Um, I have found over the last couple of years, though, in working with the adult ballet community, I'm really amazed by their dedication and their passion that they come through the studio doors with. They all keep trying to get me in on the classes, but I just keep saying it's not really my thing. (laughs) Um, But I do love watching them and I do admire their, their passion that they have. So I guess going to work every day I'm surrounded by either little children who absolutely love being here 
or by adults who love being here. So it's a pretty happy place in that regard because you are privy to just their, their pure joy that they get from having taking a ballet class. Hmm. Good answer, Mum. See, this isn't so hard. Ooh, She's hating me right now. <laughs> Nailed it, Chaz. Georgia, what do you um, love? I've been thinking about this when it came through. And it's something we should probably reflect more on every now and then. But I can't really pinpoint exactly what I love most about my job. Because I would actually say that I love running you know, my own business and having that entrepreneurial spirit just as much as I love ballet. I think though, if I was to say what I love most about my job is if I'm sitting at my desk and an email pops in and it's from someone telling me about how much ballet's changed their life, um, how much one of my in-person classes has changed their life or a course or even just a simple YouTube video or if a parent has emailed us and said, you've just changed my daughter's life or my son's life for the better that that just that makes it all worthwhile and that's a good day don't you reckon mum it's very rewarding when you have um those sorts of emails it it really makes your heart happy when you've affected somebody or even a family in that way i think it's super important Wink, wink, nudge, nudge for people to send more emails. <laughs> no. No, it's, it's funny though. You can be really having a rough day and one will come in at just the right time when you actually really need it. Mm. So, yeah. That's okay. lovely. I feel like this next question is probably, we'll start with you, G, because it is what went into your decision to start your own studio instead of coaching or teaching at an already established studio? Um, so good question. I actually did teach at a studio whilst I was at university um, and then did some sort of freelance teaching around the place. So every studio I kind of stepped into as a 19 to 20, early 20 something year old, I probably very naively, very naively thought I can do this better. That is so in my nature, isn't it, mum? Absolutely. Very much so. <laughs> so I kind of kept saying to mum and dad whenever I'd teach at other studios, like, oh, they do this and that really annoys me and I wish they would do this. And I just I just could see a business proposal, a business plan, and I just thought I could see the space that I wanted. Um, and so I just kind of, which is really obnoxious of me, I just thought I could do it better. So I thought to myself, and also watching you and dad growing up, you know, um, running your own businesses, um, I think it's literally in my blood to run my own business. I don't think, and you've said this, you don't think I would be happy working for somebody else. No, well, you're a little bit of a control freak. I think I can say that. Um, a little bit. <laughs> it's, well, it is. It's, I mean, in a good way, I do say sometimes, look, this is okay. You don't have to have it exactly 110% correct. Um, but I think that's far, the positives far outweigh the negatives of being that type of person too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, we've had this conversation before. There's times where I've said to you, when things have, I mean, look, let's be really honest, this is a ballet and business podcast. Sometimes times have gotten really tough over the last 10 years and I've gone, oh, it would be so much easier to just walk into a studio, teach and leave and not have to worry about all the other things. But then I also love so much all the other things. 
Um, but you do, we, I have had those moments. Mm. Kind of adjacent to that question then, I'll kind of open it up to mum. So what went into your decision to support Georgia to start her own studio? Well, I guess when she was at, I think she was in her first year of university, she came to us at the end of that first year with a business proposal for a studio. And I actually, she gave it to my husband and I, and I, I basically said to her to go away and um, she did. <laughs> do another year of uni. And, and then if she still felt like that at the end of the next year, come and see us again. So the end of the second year, the business proposal had actually grown. It hadn't changed at all um it was just more intense and more this is what i want more intense more well thought out Uh, yeah (laughs) then um once again i said just enjoy your uni years and just be present in your 20s and have fun but georgia was a very intense young lady who has anything changed very determined (laughs) nothing has changed And at the end of her third year of uni, um, she was so adamant with what she wanted to do. She just needed the financial backing. And that was sort of the bank of mum and dad. And before we we actually went down the track, we we went over to the US for a bit of a a reconnaissance, reconnaissance, I can't say it. (laughs) Reconnaissance. We're all three of us about at it. Reconnaissance That's mission. That's it. We went on. A so bit say of, it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Reconnaissance mission. Okay, we were on a mission. We so we did. We were scouting the US, and Georgia and a friend of hers, who was also a dancer, um, went and took class in New York and LA, and we had a look at lots of different ideas and studios, and we kind of. I kind of thought was hoping in some ways that it might go away because I really, being a small business owner as anybody in the community who has been a small business owner, it can be very lonely and it can be very exhausting. And at that stage, Georgia was 23. And I basically really wanted her to just have a really happy life for a little while and not have the burden of opening her own business but that didn't work um, when we came home we were in the car and the first thing that that basically we needed to source was um, the demographics of opening a new business and making sure that that business um, was aligned with the area that we lived in and how many dance studios were there and how many schools and what facilities were there. And the most important thing, I suppose, on the Gold Coast is that the zoning, you have to make sure that your building was going to be recreational zoning. And so we drove around. We'd only been in the car. We'd pinpointed the area that we wanted to, to open up in. Just in case, if you can hear that little tapping around <laughs> in our so studio, <laughs> I have a dog called Daisy. Anybody who's been to our studio, my little West Highland Terrier lives at the studio, and for some reason in our boardroom today, she's just walking around. So I'm not quite sure. So I do apologise. It's a little puppy. <laughs> well, she's not a puppy. She's twelve and a half. Anyway, um, so we were driving around in the car. We'd only been in the car for probably two hours. And we drove down this street 
um, in an area that we were looking at because it was important to have an area that was well lit and close to facilities and not in the middle of nowhere and um, especially working with children you don't want to be in an industrial estate late at night where there's all sorts of um, dodgy businesses yeah, and stuff, basically yeah. so we drove past this particular place and Lo and behold, the sign said uh, it actually was just, if it had have had lights on it, it, it would, couldn't have been more appealing to Georgia. It basically said recreational zoning and it was ready for rent. Um, there'd been a, a Chinese dance company with the dragons in there. and I think they um, did like Taekwondo and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think they'd so. been there for about five years. So... It so they was, already had the, the zoning. Yeah, so the they point. already had the zoning because that can be a very expensive thing and you may not get it where we live. You know, you may spend a lot of money trying to get that zoning and then not get it. So we rang up and that was it. Georgia was on a roll. Uh, the zoning was there. The area that we wanted was there. Um, it just ticked all the boxes and it was a blank canvas which was even better because it meant that she could go in and as we financially could afford it um, we actually just kept putting money back into the studio and that was our very first studio mm. 11 years ago yeah and then I think that oh sorry so see I'm being the interviewer it rolls into the next question yeah I was just gonna say <laughs> you're, you're one step ahead <laughs> That does. It rolls into the next question, which is how did you select where to set up your studio location-wise, um, considering that you predominantly teach adults? I think, obviously, you guys, you've got the new studio now, but for anyone who hasn't seen, they're essentially down the same road as each other. Um, yeah, so it's in the same spot, basically. Yeah. But it's funny, um, this person who sent this question in said, um, considering you teach predominantly adults, we don't. So we actually started only teaching school-age students. Um, and when I say we, it was basically me by myself <laughs> for many years. Um, and I think maybe because my social media reflects, and I get asked all you know this all the time, I have a lot of adults featured on my social media because, you know, you can't be what you can't see. So you know, children are always featured and you also have to be really careful when you're featuring children, which we're very careful of on our at GC dance Instagram. Um, but at the balance ballerina really showcases to adults that you can start ballet at any age. So I think that's sometimes why people think that our business is mainly predominantly adults, but it's actually, would you say it would be 50, 50 now, or would you say maybe 70, 40? Um. I'm not sure. Did you just say 70, 40? 70, 40, 70, 30. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's all right. Everyone knows my maths is terrible. That's, um, <laughs> it, it, I think it, it all depends. I mean, we have a beautiful student, um, younger children dance community. We, since moving into the new space, which probably backtracking a little bit, Sophie, is that that move has was on the cards for probably three or four years before we actually moved. Once again, it was a slow process of waiting for the right place in the right area so that we didn't want to change... Too much. Too much. And we also needed that zoning. So that was something that we had to meticulously plan, I suppose, and make sure that the right place came up for us to sort of go into. But with the with the children, I, th I think that with the adults... There's probably 
I'd say a 60-40, but then when you run things with the adults in relation to um, your retreats, they're booked out. Yeah. So I think I, I think it's on a par sometimes. Yeah. I really do. And a lot of your day classes are booked out as well. Yeah. So... Mm. Um, I think I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but one of the reasons why we started Adult Ballet was two things. One, Dad said to me, Georgia, you need to work out how to because in our first year of business we only had fifty students. Now that doesn't pay the bills. Fifty four. Fifty four. There you go. Yes. Fifty four. <laughs> Mum never forgets. So we had 54 students. Dad said, look, you need to get creative and you need to think about how you can bring uh, more money into the business. Maybe use the space during the day because it's really wasted. Um, And then the second thing was a mum of one of our students said, I'd love to do some adult ballet. Would you put on a ballet class for adults? And I sort of was like, oh, I don't know. And, And like some of our students who were in that very first class still come and do adult classes and I often say to them I am so sorry for whatever I taught in that first class because I just was like a fish out of water but that's how adult ballet started at the studio was because I was just it was like a business born inside the business and I think an important thing with the adults too just speaking to them over the years is and I was one of these um potentially if I had have liked to have learnt ballet which I haven't Um, but when I was younger financially we weren't my family I was from a single parent home we never had the finances for me to have ballet classes or any sorts of classes so in the demographics of the people that we have coming here for adult ballet there's two lots there's Mm. one lot who have had dance lessons when they were younger and loved it and were passionate about it all the way through and then the ones that are professional dancers that are home um, and then there's this very nice little group of people that said I couldn't afford to do this as a little girl and I really wanted to learn Mm. and they've been able to fulfill their adult ballet sort of dreams and I did try in the early days but I felt like everybody watched me <laughs> they be- were they were so they did they watched me they thought where does she get her talent from she must get it from her mother because her father's completely hopeless on the dance shocking floor. on the dance floor um and I just felt very very insecure it just wasn't my thing so now I just watch it and enjoy it mm. Mm. All right, next question. So what do you wish you knew starting your dance studio? I think, can I put a caveat on this? Can you pick one thing each? One thing each. One thing that you wish you knew. Oh, you go first, mum. I've actually just finished oh. teaching this morning and I should have actually thought about these questions, but I thought, no, I'm just no, going to wing it. No, it's good spontaneous. Then you, it's like you say the first thing that comes well, to Well, I'm mind. the opposite of mum right now because mum has notes. It's very cute. Mum's got pages. No, I didn't really. I just wrote down a few things because I didn't want to get tongue-tied. There's probably two things, so if you're not going to cut me off. Um, I didn't realise how busy I would be. That's probably the first thing. I thought I would naively just come in and do the books um, and have a part-time job. And have a part-time job. Um, But we have created a little monster. um, Monster. Um, which is which is which is a good thing 
I suppose the other thing that um, I'm a, I am a people person and I suppose the one thing I was unprepared for was I do adore our children and I guess when they have things going on in their lives, whether it might be the death of an animal, a pet in their life or, or a parent or a grandparent, I find it really hard to not um, take that home with me. I tend to eat, sleep and drink these little people's lives too. Yeah, and I think that's something that I was unprepared for. I I love it and I wouldn't take it back and I wouldn't be any different to the person that I am, but I guess that's something that I was unprepared for. You're very empathetic. That's why you're our Chief Heart Officer. Oh, that's kind of nice, I think. Yeah, I've dubbed that. I've given you that title for the last, I reckon, five years. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I do. I've, I sometimes wish I, I wasn't quite so um, empathetic, but that's just me and I take it home. Mm. Um, mine would be, I'll pick something completely different. So I didn't realise... I'm very, I'm quite introverted. I love spending a lot of time by myself. And I guess I wasn't prepared for how extroverted I would have to be and how um, uh, personable I would have to be. And mum would have to teach me in the early days, didn't you? Mm -hmm. To Georgia, your face is like just, I'll say it, resting bitch face. (laughs) Even though I wasn't, you know, being nasty. I just, my face would rest like that. And mum would go, Georgia, smile. Like, and so... Well, you were always a serious child. I was so serious. It's Very not that, serious. Yeah. And it wasn't that you were mean or angry. It was just that you were very super... Oops, that's what my dog. What is Daisy I'm doing? So sorry. <laughs> Let's get rid of Daisy. Absolute And chaos. I can tell Sophie my answer whilst you're getting rid of her. Because <laughs> she's just being silly. Put her downstairs in her bed. Okay. Um, Anyway, what I was saying was that I'm probably quite introverted and I didn't quite realise how incredibly draining being so extroverted all the time is. Um, One of my biggest goals as a dance teacher was to be the teacher that I always wanted as a child. And I remember my teachers being, not all of them, but quite a lot, very moody. So one time you'd walk into class and it would sort of be like, they're in a fabulous mood and they're really inspired and then you'd come in the next day and they'd be really like sad and a bit depressed and I always try and walk into every class leave all my rubbish at the door and I try and be the exact same teacher every time like that consistency is key but with that comes an (laughs) incredible amount of energy especially on the days where you don't necessarily feel like being an entertainer because I really do think that dance teachers are an entertainer um so yeah I think it's really important to mum's just taken Daisy downstairs and got a snack you just and you didn't a bring snack? snacks for anyone else <laughs> where did you oh, she was hungry. oh my god anyway that's my answer to the question Soph is that I I probably you know I probably really um wasn't expecting how incredibly draining you know teaching the way that I want to teach is but I'm not going to change anything because I have I have really high standards of myself and I think that's quite exhausting (laughs) 
exhausting being your sister. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, the next question is, um, what makes a successful brand? Probably, I'll, I'll start. First and foremost, I truly believe that your brand should be a reflection of you and your dream customer. So, and it's funny, mum was talking about those business proposals mm-hmm. that I gave you and dad yes. many moons ago, 10 years ago now, if not longer. And I still have them and I've looked at them recently and our new studio is actually basically what I wanted to build. It is. Our initial studio, our first one, was almost there. You know, it was still beautiful, it was lovely. But, but my business plans actually reflect what we've built now. Events retreats, workshops, more opportunities, courses for students, younger, you know, and adult, um, like more, you know, diverse, diverse, diversity, diversity, oh my gosh, we're really struggling. Diversity. Diversity, thank you. It's been a big week. Diversity in the business. Um, I've had a protein ball, I'm good to go. Oh, she's good. <laughs> you can answer this for me. But yeah, so I just think... Um, It's interesting looking back at those business proposals because I think what we've done now is we are able to attract our dream customer. We don't have necessarily your typical, um, let's talk about our school age students. There are very few that want to be a professional dancer. They want to be psychiatrists and physios and doctors and lawyers and business owners the amount of students that come up to me and go miss georgia i just want to be like you and i'm like oh like a dancer and they're like no business owner and they actually want to continue ballet for the rest of their life yes the difference very recreational yeah and i think one of the big things was when we did that u.s trip was when we went to all those studios Mm. it wasn't just little kids dancing it was also adults so that seed was planted even though i didn't quite know it at the time but the fact that our year 12 students can finish ballet or dance in general and then come back and do adult classes at our studio I love that because most studios it's like bye Mm. (laughs) see you you know when you Uh, come back for you know visits I often um will have somebody dm me in my instagram I think that's what you say isn't it yes that's what you say that's what you say and um it'll be one of our past students and they'll say miss Sharon I've seen your car I'm at the Kingscliff Tavern come and I'll buy you a drink (laughs) (laughs) I think that's one of the things we have which was really important to us was that in opening the studio it was all the things that we felt were missing that was important to Georgia and I we needed to make sure that our studio ticked those boxes because there were so many holes in her dance education that that I really as a parent wanted to feel were taken care of even little things like if parents are paying whatever it is uh, an hour for a child to have a dance lesson it's a dance lesson you know you've got registered teachers qualified teachers giving your child 60 minutes of skills and technique and Mm. hopefully they're going out going to leave um you know encouraged and happy and feeling good and positive about themselves not a lesson where they go in and spend 10 minutes fluffing around or having a discussion about this person or that person you know, money is important to people and you have to get value for money these yeah. days. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the, you know, the key to a successful brand is providing quality over quantity whilst also really honing in on who is your customer, who is your client, who is your student. Um, because I think what a lot of dance studios do is treat every customer as if they're going to all be aiming to be a professional dancer or all aiming to be a dance mum sitting at a Stedford's every weekend. And we're very clear that that is not our kind of client. Um, Our kind of clients are, yes, we have the facilities and the programs that if your child wants to be a professional dancer, we can really facilitate that. However, um, we also just mostly encourage balance. We encourage that they, Mm. you know, we're really clear on that. We encourage um, the beauty of just moving our bodies and how that can actually help whether it's adults or school-age students anxiety and depression and all Mm. sorts of mental and physical health absolutely and I think another thing too I mean Sophie probably doesn't expect isn't expecting this but when she was little she always did dancing as well and she was quite good wasn't she has anyone though seen that picture where there's the two students next to each other and there's the one got their hand on the bar, they're like perfectly placed. (laughs) And then there's the one next to her, like swinging upside down on the bar. That was Sophie. That was Sophie. And I was the one with my hand on the bar, (laughs) standing beautifully. But she was also, (laughs) but she was actually really good. She was good. She was very good. And she'd always get amazing exam results. But um, every year she would hum and harp, am I going to do it or aren't I? And... I think she got through to about 12 and did her last RAD exam and she ended up with a phenomenal mark and her ballet teacher at the time was like, well, job well done. Now next year it's point and Sophie said, oh no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I'm not going to teach you. And Sophie was like, well, I'm not going to do it. And she gave up ballet because the teacher said she wouldn't teach her if she didn't go on to point and that's sad and I think that's really sad because she did enjoy it um not in the same level anywhere close to what Georgia did but Sophie also loved musical theatre and and that certainly helped you with your musical theatre your dancing abilities Hmm. Well, didn't realise my ballet would be brought into this conversation. (laughs) Okay. The next question, someone has said, um, I want to commit to teaching but find it hard only being able to go away during school holidays. What are your thoughts? Mum's eating. Mum. Oh, okay, I'll start. Um, See, that's a hard one. I've got two answers here. I've got... The answer from a boss of, of you know, um, having employees and dance teachers, I think what a lot of people don't realise is as a dance teacher, because it's such a specialised area, you're actually paid a lot more. And I was talking about this to someone the other day. They had no idea. You actually pay dance teachers a lot more per hour than a regular employee. And I think it's not... Um, it's not a bad thing to sort of imply that because of that rate you really should be available for that entirety of the term so that the students have that consistency so I think that if you want to go away during the holidays um you know it's it's a tricky one isn't it mum 
Well, it all balances out. I mean, I'm married to a school teacher. Mm. So we always make the time that in school holidays, it just is what it is. Yeah. We have to pay premium amounts. and But in saying that, we have to go by the school terms. We have to be here. Um, and we do get a lot more holidays than anybody else. We do need them because after 10 weeks of of a term working the crazy hours that we do you need to have two weeks of downtime sometimes you might only have one week because we could have an Steadford in there or um, we could have ballet exams or Mm. something along those lines so I think it's usually a time to also catch up on paperwork it is but but I think that works in any business Mm. I mean I have a friend who has a timber mill everybody has to go on holidays um, the week before Christmas and That's true. the two weeks after Christmas. I think any place of employment, there are peak times where you have to be there and down times where you don't and it's just part of part of your job. Mm. I think a positive um, is that, and I, I, from memory, I think the young lady who asked this was a young lady who doesn't have children. So I am sort of looking towards my future with having a baby and how great will it be that I'm off on school holidays? It's fantastic. Um, so I think it actually works in your favour. Mm. Great answer, guys. Um, okay, so the next question is, uh, how do you handle work-life balance? It seems like you're always working. At the moment we are. <laughs> <laughs> We've had, look, honestly, I'll be honest, after the two years of COVID and then um, the new business last year. Well, the new location. The new location. um, It was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting. I'm not going to lie. Um, We knew it was going to be big. We didn't know how big it was going to be. Yeah. And, And a lot of that was out of our hands too because when you're dealing with trades and people that are doing things for you it was it was very very stressful and I don't think we've we're still having things fixed now I mean today we We, had the lights in studio two being fixed we Um, have these beautiful lights in studio two that supposed to change we actually had a lighting architect come in and design it and we the same lighting architect who did um Queensland Queensland Ballet Ballet Company yeah and it's just been the kids love this studio because the lights have the ability to it could be a green room or a pink room or a blue room and our idea behind that was that say the big girls are doing like a cabaret class like tonight we're going to put them pink which they haven't been for weeks and the girls are going to die they'll be so excited Mm. but also if we had little kids um where sometimes their classes are themed Mm. if they did under the sea we could change them to blue if we did like in the forest or like teddy bears picnic we could change them Mm. to green and that was the idea it's they, also a bit of a sensory thing too, yeah. I think, with little children, not ha- not having them in the big bright lights. You've got the softer lights for them mm. to, especially if you, you know, had children that, that do struggle with that sort of environment. We have the ability to change the lighting in there. But yes, that's just been fixed again today. So I think for us, the last three years has been a lot more work than what we envisage but anybody I suppose that's gone through the last certainly the like the two years of COVID where you had to really look at your business and flip and switch and cut (laughs) to try and just navigate your way through it 
it was it was it's been hard so yes well it's a question I'm always asked I mean I've literally labeled yeah. myself the balanced ballerina <laughs> and we have a, you know our adult yeah. ballet called balanced ballerinas and so um, we never talk business at home if if we have yeah we, we're pretty good at that we, now oh we haven't done that for, for yeah. years um, we both have at the moment we have split days off we have Fridays and Sundays which and it's just the way it's worked this year and if I do have a family dinner on a Sunday and somebody's home from the UK and <laughs> we never discuss business, we leave business there and family days are very important. Um, so those, that Friday and that Sunday is completely no work day. Hmm. Mm. Um, I would say if I was to answer this really honestly right now, I probably don't handle work-life balance very well at the moment, but with the move to the new studio and we've got lots of staff in place now and managing that and that's all very new for us. Um, mm, it's been busy, but I'm hoping, hey mum, do I get some balance and some relief when I have a baby? Well, when the baby comes... <laughs> do I get a holiday? I think George will have some time. She's actually planned this baby to have it during the school holidays. Can you believe that? I would like to say that I planned that, but it was a fluke. Um, so watch out for late June, July, everybody, when the school holidays is here. I bet you this little baby's born right at the beginning of school holidays. That's my bet. I reckon right in the middle. <clears throat> so I think for me, probably in term three... We have been really lucky. Well, no, we haven't been really lucky. George has put a lot of thought into our staff that we have this year are amazing. We have three really beautiful, four beautiful women that are wonderful role models for the children, highly educated in the dance field. Super qualified. And very, very qualified. And they're nice people and they have the children's um, and the adults' interests at heart. And I think for Georgia to take maternity leave and have some time off with the new baby, um, the studio is certainly in very good hands with these very strong, wonderful International Day of Women's Women. (laughs) (laughs) IWD stuff. Just have to get that in. Yeah, it's on on point with the brand today, (laughs) Mum. Smooth, Mum. Um, okay, so your final question of today is, what's the hardest thing about running your own business? Who wants to kick us off? Oh, gosh. You go first. I'm not well, quite sure. I, was actually I going thought to s- about it. I was going to say, how long have you begged me to have a child? For a long time. <laughs> long time. And... You know, because it's funny, like I only got uh, my first year wedding anniversary is only just rolling around. And there was a few um, clients and students of ours that said, oh, you got onto that quick. But actually, the conversation of having a child has come up for what the past five years, I reckon, even before my husband was on the scene, really. Well, I guess um, like that was always going to be really hard and a big challenge. And we've had multiple conversations about how do we do that? (laughs) 
I did tell her to have a baby during COVID. She did. I said, have a baby. It's, I also said to Sophie. You said to all, everyone you saw. I said to all saw. three of them, actually, have a baby. Um, you said to my friends, have a baby. I did, actually. I do. I, <laughs> I must say, I mean, I'm a grandmother of six months to our middle child, who I do have a son in the middle. That makes no sense, Mum. No, no, Let's no. explain that again. So you are a grandmother to one, you've got one grandchild. I have one grandchild. He's six months old. He's six months old. And just so everyone knows, there is, I'm the eldest, my brother is in the middle, Sophie's the youngest, and so my brother, it's his baby. It's his baby. But it's baby. also our lovely Miss Nikita, who's one of our yes. teachers at GC Dance, her baby yes. too. Yes. <laughs> they share. Wow, that's so confusing. <laughs> that's very confusing. But... I do. I don't even know what I was going to say. I'm not quite I don't, sure what I, don't I was know. going to say. Now you. You were telling everyone to have babies. Oh no! It's the greatest, the greatest thing ever to be a grandparent. Absolutely, I can't wait for more and more and more. <laughs> Same with my husband. So, but it is. It's hard to. Yeah, but I think the put hard... a child into yeah. the business. We do have a portacot set up in our. <laughs> boardroom which it's, I have been decorating it's all good guys we have a porticot that's we gonna do. that's gonna sort everything out we do so yeah no it and I guess that's something that we'll just have to work out going forward I mean when our other little grandson comes to visit because his mum teaches here on a Saturday he is just um not that the kids um you know, leave class or anything, but they are so excited to see him and he loves being here. Not that we're going to have a studio child, um, but it is playing with a nice mic. environment, <laughs> I think, to to bring a baby into as well. Yeah, mm. it is lovely. I think what I meant by it, it's difficult and challenging is that the fact that, you know, yes, it's really exciting because it's your grandchildren, but if you have a child who's dancing here and you're not particularly close yet with our dance community, mm. um, you know, it's sort of like if you see someone who's pregnant, ooh, how's that going to affect my daughter's ballet class? Mm. Or what, yes. ha- what measures do you have in place here? And what does the rest of the year look like? And we've had a question like that recently and it was very much we, like, don't worry, we're not shutting up shop. Yeah, we <laughs> had a couple in, in one day. But that was also from very new parents to yeah. the studio that – Obviously, I don't know Georgia. Um, and also, um, you know, we've actually, we have really got in place um, a beautiful family team um, of teachers. So yeah. it's in safe hands. Yeah. Who are, I, I think where I was worried was I wanted really qualified staff and we've spent years trying to curate that Mm. team and you know from a if we're talking ballet and business which is what this whole episode is about that's actually a really expensive endeavor it's so expensive not only as a small business owner do I not really get maternity leave Mm. I also have a very expensive year not only Mm. of having a child but also having to put people in place to be me that's really expensive and that's something Mm. we've really had to think about and it's quite challenging I know yeah and I guess one thing I mean people sort of think you know we've got these lovely new premises we Mm. have put every single cent that we have earned back into this business for the past 11 years and 
we have also we don't pay cleaners we are the cleaners we are the cleaners we are the cleaners we and this place is bigger oh it's huge and so we spend probably three hours on a monday cleaning this place and then and then probably you know sporadically another three four hours during the week at least easily at least so you know there are some things that as a business i would love to have but this isn't the year or next year probably isn't the year either to have those things because we're still putting money into the business and we we probably do sacrifice ourselves a little bit in so that we can do that um yeah that that's hard that's i Mm. find that a bit hard i'd love to just click my fingers and have all the drawers behind my desk that I desire and because there's still things we want to do yeah there's still quite a few number of things that we'd like to do but we financially have to wait for those things Hmm. I'm um I'm actually not afraid to talk about this I think it's actually really important and it's sort of in line with what you just spoke about we did have a client who's actually not with us anymore they were an adult student and they said you must be printing money in this place in your new studio and they preferred the old studio I think it was quite rude um but I think I can't like stress enough we pour everything back into this place and I think that's why when people ask me like oh I'm thinking of owning a studio or I'm think of thinking of you know starting my own business I'm like are you sure because you literally have to live I think you have to live and breathe it for it to be successful Certainly for a number of years. I mean, we're going through a growth period at the moment where we will need to, um, you know, keep putting even more into this business over the next few years. Hopefully we'll be at a stage where one day we can employ a cleaner. That would be great. That would be really nice. That would be so exciting (laughs) to do that. We do have a guy that comes. We have these great big um, windows, internal windows that... neither of us can even get near I can do the inside but certainly not the outside in the big studio so we have lashed out and we do have a guy Mm. coming once a term to to clean those he was surprisingly cheap though he was surprisingly cheap um so look we don't want we don't want shaz up a ladder our dad's already fallen off a ladder no I don't want to get up a ladder it's yeah it, it is hard there's lots of things we certainly have put all our money where our mouths are we have Mm. put everything back into this studio and more um blood sweat and tears so i don't think either of us apart from your little week in paris last year i don't think we had any time off all last year we just worked solidly on on this new place even throughout the holidays we were here we did i snuck a honeymoon in but you know you did it was a big year it was a big year but yeah no I just think that's sometimes really important to say because you know I've had people message me on Instagram that own studios as well and they've gone oh like that would be nice wouldn't it to have like a beautiful big new studio and it's like we've had to sacrifice a lot to to deliver this and I think my driving force behind business is serving other people and I've said this on the podcast before is that I wanted a dance studio that I would want to dance in as a tiny tot or that I would want to dance in as an adult. Like I, it looks bougie because I wanted a space that adults felt, oh, this is luxurious coming and doing about an adult ballet class. I didn't want them to come into a class that had like 
fairy wings on the wall or like everything pink you know like oh I've got everything pink in the kitchen yeah you do like, it's a black kitchen <laughs> but white yeah it's pink pink stuff from Ikea actually and it's funny too I've had um when we have tradies in they go oh I, I, it's been really weird I had some tradies say oh this is really really nice I wonder what your house looks like and I'm like, well, A, I don't have a house. I have an apartment and it looks nothing like this. I don't put anything into my home because I spend most of the time here anyway. So, yeah, it's just interesting when and probably something we weren't expecting that when you go that next level, when you level up and you pour everything into a new space, the funny comments that come out. There hasn't, in all honesty, there has ha- hardly been any. But And I think sometimes it's very easy to look from the outside and think and make assumptions but anybody that knows yourself or I know how hard we have worked for 11 years to build this studio for the community and for for our dance community and achieve the dance lifestyle that we wanted to have for for those for those clientele yeah but I feel like we're really on our way now I do do you She's um, umming and ahhing. Oh, no, I do. I, I think no, we're on I our do. way. I think, um, no, I do. I, th- I think once we sort of get through the next six months and... You mean me and, having a child? <laughs> seeing, <laughs> seeing how the perfectionist goes with oh, that? I'm not going to lie. I thought in July I'd be dancing to ABBA songs in London for my no. 60th birthday, but I'm actually probably going to be at the Mulwollumbar of Stedford with probably 50 children. But um, I, I probably for once I am just looking forward to a very settled year, a year where we're not building anything or apart from a baby. <laughs> so do you think this year will be our settled year? I hope it's going to be a settled year. I don't think year. so. I hope it's going to... I, I think next year will set- be more settled. No, but I think... I think I suppose from from my point of view, it's like when you renovate a house, and your listeners would know this, that when you renovate a house, you get sick to death of tradies and and mess, and this is broken or that's broken or this leaks or that leaks. And I just want all that to be over. Yeah, Um, we're getting there. And I think that when that's over, that will be a really good thing because I'm over it not being over if that makes sense yeah Yeah. no that makes sense to end on a really positive note then Mm. I'm adding a question to the list what are you excited about in the future so a year from now the next International Women's Day (laughs) what are you (laughs) excited about that's going to happen in the next 12 months well on the 19th of March next year hopefully I'll be dancing to ABBA songs in London (laughs) That's when I put my holiday off too. Um, What am I excited about? I'm excited about having another little grandchild. That's super exciting. Um, And actually, it'll be really nice. I think I'll be able to be heavily involved in his life because he will be popping in and out here. So I guess that's the exciting part for me you'll have two little boys to look after two lovely little boys and dress in matching outfits for christmas i will do that i've already knitted the matching cardigans or on they've started (laughs) too funny um what am i looking forward to i think um 
the balance baller in his brand has really grown a lot in the past year and i've had a few questions about you know with a baby coming along like georgia that's going to change your life are you still going to have time to do everything and we really have set everything up that that i will have time to continue what i love doing so much is making ballet really accessible to everybody and so i'm i'm excited to see how the brand evolves as not only a ballet teacher but also as a mother and how that then goes and flows through into the podcast and my classes and my courses and how I also teach the children. Is that a good enough answer? <laughs> yeah, you pass. I pass? <laughs> yeah, so you go. The kids are very excited at the moment because the baby is the size of what? A corn, a corn. this week? So they, they just think that's incredibly exciting that the baby is the size of a piece of corn. Oh, well, not a piece of corn. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a piece uh, of corn. What is he? Um, a, a cob. A cob of corn. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, this app that I have tells me what size fruit or vegetable <laughs> he is. And the kids are now asking me every Monday, so what, si- what fruit is he now? <laughs> so at the moment, he's a corn on the cob. Yeah. <laughs> That basically shows our community. Our community is that somebody just doesn't come in here and do a class. Mm. They come in here and they're part of a bigger family, a bigger community, a bigger lifestyle. And the friendship groups and everything are there. And that was something that was really important to both of us to have that that community and that lifestyle. And I guess from my point of view too, I feel like that just goes from strength to strength. And people genuinely care about one another that come here. Mm, they really do. Mm, they do. And it's they're beautiful. very welcoming to anybody that comes in from overseas and takes class. And um, and just the joy on people's faces when they get here. Where was that lady from last week? Germany? Um, well, recently we've had a ballet teacher from London. Shout out to Louise. Oh, she, was she was lovely. She was like, oh my gosh, Balance Ballerinas has been on my like list of places to visit for so long. And then um, we also had a lovely uh, student um, who has, she was really interesting. She's from Germany and she started her pre-professional route of becoming a professional ballerina, but she's actually going down the path of becoming a doctor now. Mm. I love that. And she was gorgeous. She was, and yeah. just to see her face when mm. she, I'm here. Can yeah. I buy a t-shirt? Yeah, it was really cute. Really <laughs> it's like cute. You can buy a windshield if you want to. <laughs> yeah. She was gorgeous. But I think that side of things, that's ticked all the boxes that we wanted to do. And when it comes to our children and the bigger community, I think that's our general care for for people's children from the moment they walk in the door to the moment that they leave um one little girl um who we're still teaching after eight years nicknamed me the desk lady and i kind of i am the desk lady because the kids walk in and they say good morning or good afternoon miss sharon and goodbye miss sharon and they're so so polite i mean some of them do have to be taught manners and (laughs) we teach them but the parents love that and the parents love it i had one little girl that took I think nearly four or five weeks to get her to look me in the eye and say good afternoon and goodbye and 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 that's part of the lifestyle and community that we have too and their children are very respectful of one another there's no no nastiness or I'd like to think we're probably one of the kindest dance schools I've ever been associated with I think so I don't think we've 
you know, I, I think we're very kind and that's really important to me. Okay, that's all the questions done and dusted. I'll let you wrap up the podcast because I don't know how you wrap it up. <laughs> well, um, I don't know how to wrap up this one. I guess we'll just mm-hmm. say I know I've been asked so many times to do an episode like this. And I mean, we could have gone into even more detail about, you know, the business side of ballet. But I just wanted to have a fun, lighthearted conversation that touched on business. And it just so happened that you were in the country and it just so mm-hmm. happened that, you know, it's International Women's Day. And so I'm excited for this to come out tomorrow because um, everyone loves when you're on the podcast, mum. Oh, gives me anxiety. <laughs> with, with all your notes out in front of you. I do love a good chat. I do love a good story. But not with a microphone. Oh, microphones, oh my goodness. Well, everyone will love it, so don't I worry. I hope so. Write in, tell us if you liked me being write on the in. podcast. Oh, write in, what do you do? Write no, they don't, they don't write in. So these yeah. days, what they can do... Um, is support the podcast by Mm -hmm. actually screenshotting the episode, um, sharing it on their social media or sending a link to the episode to a friend that might enjoy the podcast because as I have mentioned in previous episodes, this is a labour of love. (laughs) Occasionally an episode is sponsored, occasionally. It's happened very few times Um, but it is very much a labour of love and it keeps the podcast going and it keeps me inspired to keep creating the episodes. So Thanks so much. And um, you can pop some comments so mum can read them on the post that I'm going to pop up, the tile with, I'll put a picture of you and I, mum, and everyone can say hi to you and let them know that you did a good job. <laughs> like, follow and subscribe. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we want. Uh, <laughs> mum just said, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> you, know all the podcasts, you, you know all the podcasts you listen to? Yes. You should give them a five-star rating because it helps keep them in circulation. Oh, I've never done that. You should oh, do mom. that. Where do you do that? Have you given my podcast a five-star rating? Probably not. Where do you do that? We'll show you We'll show you after this. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye.